Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. With me, as always, is my friend Vic Mattis of The Free Beacon, and we are your morning show for any hour. How's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. It's going fine. You know what we finished over the last couple of days was a Rocky Marathon, the movies, because it started on 4th of July AMC, the channel. Good. They decided to do a Rocky Marathon. I think it was only one, two, three, and four. I don't think they did five, which is a terrible one. And five is pretty bad. Yeah, five is depressing. This is why I approved of them doing six. Normally, yeah. I would be like, I don't All know, right. man. Everybody like, was telling me to say, I have not yet seen it, but everyone's telling me I should. Six is good. All right. And, and All part right. Of, But part of the reason six is good is because five was so bad, it couldn't have ended worse. No, you felt so robbed of everything. I hate seeing, you know, people that you like lose their fortunes. It's, you know, it's, it's, I understand the humbling thing, but you know, just when you, you, you can't hate Polly enough, yeah. you know, he does something like give, and that's the first time I remember watching this and, and there were the references to power of attorney, right? He's like, Oh no, never give power of attorney. Don't Whatever do that. You do, don't do it because you're you know going to lose the, the mansion. There's yeah. probably a whole generation of, of pop stars and, and athletes who learned from that movie <laughs> scared straight not to Rocky be taken Five. advantage of that's I right. hope that's I hope. right it was so thoroughly depressing okay so one is very slow that's what's interesting but you need yes. to see it in order to lay the groundwork we skip two and the beginning of part three starts with the end of two anyway you see the highlight of him finally of Rocky finally winning my son he liked Rocky three more than four I think three because more than four wow yes even though four is the is the Cold War classic with Ivan yes. Drago, Mr. T is such an amazing villain. True. In this, True. And not really a villain. He he's just, you know, he he's he he's rising through the ranks and he is merciless and clubber lang. And he has that, you know, his presence. I mean, this is before the it, that's what got him started. Was this and then of course the 18. And he 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 is so believably fierce and terrifying yes. when he when they ask him for his prediction. And he just says, pain. I just love it. Okay. So here's my thought for you, okay. which is that I have figured out Rocky Balboa's secret of success in the ring. Okay. You can do whatever you want, make all the mistakes, eat all you want, just, you know, lays about two weeks before the bout. Right. You go on an insane workout. Okay. But just enough to get it all into a montage. Yes. Only montage length. Montage length, but we're talking about break out the medicine ball, you know, the speed bag. <laughs> yes. Now our, 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 our listeners can't see me. I'm doing my motioning with my hand, the speed yes. bag. Yes. And, and, and then of course, jump rope. You got to always jump rope. rope. You got to jump Although, rope. To me, which... the, to me, the snow montage. Oh yes. For Rocky four is, is the reason, part of the reason I love that movie so much. There's many reasons to love that yes. movie. Yeah. But that montage yeah. is very good because he's out there just like doing it. You know, doing it without all the technology, no technology, like the USSR. Yes, with their with their dated technology, by the <laughs> way. But you know, and he was a beast. I absolutely agree. He's out there in the log cabin in the Ural Mountains or somewhere, yeah. and he's doing it. That and you know, marching through snow is very hard. It's a very great. Hard. It's a real great exercise. Yeah, it's good cardio. See, this. Is, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Rocky is actually a good. It's a good training program for lots of things because running on the beach. With Apollo oh, Creed, that's very hard. Too. Is great for your calves. Yes, and then your yes. quads and stuff are really going to be taken care of by running in the snow. You got to pick up those yes. knees. 
You got to pick up those knees. That's absolutely, that's great for the quads and hands. Yeah. And then the, uh, the last thing is just to be able to take a lot of punches to the face. That's yes. it. Listen, you're not you know going to, there's no stealth maneuver. Just that's that's my theory with this podcast. We just keep at it, you know, and take <laughs> as many punches as we, that's as we get. A lot of headshots. Huh? Do you, in terms of the, the workout routine and I, you know, you watch you know, but you can't, not get fired up watching this, right? right? And do you do things like jump rope? Because I see it. I have tried it with the actual jump where the, the handles are extremely heavy. Yes. I maybe get through four or five. It they, make, they make it look so easy. No, jump rope is a very, very real workout. And I don't do it anymore, partly because I have chronic shin splints. So if I do that too much, it won't oh, go badly yeah, for me. Yeah, I know because it's, it's this hopping move. However, yeah. And I know we're going to talk about some news at some point. I know. However, sorry. Let me tell you a story. Well, this will be a, my about me section of this podcast. Please, right? Mary Catherine, how um, are you? I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> no, you've, you've segued oh, good. as usual good. beautifully <laughs> into this story, which is the foundational story of Mary Catherine Ham. Are you ready? I'm ready. So when I was five in kindergarten, my teacher told us that we would have field day, and I had never heard of such a thing. And... She explained, okay, well, here's all the different events that you could compete in. Because back then, children, we competed. It was like <laughs> an Olympics. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and won ribbons. And there things. were winners there and were, losers. Yeah, they made, they made distinctions between the, the people who were good at this stuff and the people who were bad. <laughs> the people who sucked, yeah. So she get, you know, it's like potato sack race. It's all the normal stuff. Yeah. And jump roping was one of the events. Anyway, I listened to this list of events and I think... I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I mean, I guess I could sprint, but the likelihood that I'm top of the class there in a 50 yard dash, yeah. not great. Is this uh, a, hold on. Is this co-ed or is this like they co-ed, separated? Co-ed. Oh my God. I mean, we're kindergartners. Yeah, so yeah, sure. I, like I'm pretty, it turned out I was pretty fast, but this is not what I was aiming for. I was like, okay, well let's, well, let's that's figure true. out what I, where I could compete. I thought, well, jump rope. That sounds interesting. I didn't know how to jump rope, but we had some time. <laughs> so you're going to learn all the spine. Well, no, we had some time before field day. We had a warning. By the way, this is going to reveal that I was a much more driven and disciplined child than I am an adult. I don't know what happened. So as a kid, my parents would take me to before school and after school because they had busy work schedules. Mm -hmm. So I was in after school every day from oh when school gosh. got out till about six o'clock when my parents would you take me up. You were an after school kid. Yes. And I, would, and I would take a jump rope in the gym. And I would jump up and down the gym and in place and all over. Uh, apparently, I didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> Our listeners <laughs> are several, shocked. For several hours per day. I'm not So I taught myself to jump rope. And then I just practiced for several hours per day, every day. Until we got to field day. Now, because I was five, I don't remember how much time period there was in here. Like, was it a month? I don't, I don't know. Right. But I remember practicing a lot. And then when we got to the day, I must, I must tell you this part too. I had a nemesis. <laughs> we all, we all, every, every woman does, by the way. Sorry. I had a nemesis at five. Her name, her name. And it's so, it's such an awesome nemesis name that I must use it. So no hard feelings anymore if you're out there listening, but Melody Day was her name. Ooh. Ooh. And Melody Day was both like athletically and academically sort of tops of my grade. Mm -hmm. And we were always competing academically, but we'd never competed athletically because Melody Day is on the jump rope team, Vic. There's oh, a jump rope team. I did not know that you had a team. There's okay. a, a double Dutch team at the oh, jump yes. rope team okay, at the so, school. Yeah. 
and it is called the bouncing bulldogs and she's a bouncing bulldog and i get to the day of field and lo and behold there's melody day across from me competing with me in the jump rope competition and i think to myself i'm such an underdog there's no way i can pull this off i can't do it but my father came to watch me at field day and my dad rarely got to take off work and come watch things so i said i gotta make this look good and it it means a lot to the kids it meant a ton to me so i'm out there i'm facing off with melody day there's a whole circle of us and it's just how long you can go right without messing up yes so we start jump roping and I, I'm concentrating really hard and I'm watching people fall one by one by one. They're all falling until guess who's left? Just Melody Day and me. Oh my goodness. And I'm concentrating at this one little spot on the ground. I won't look at anything else. Yes, you're focused. I'm, I'm going, I'm going. I'm like, how am I going to pull this off? But I'm not letting her throw me off. She's my nemesis, but she can't break me. And then what happened? Melody Day tripped on her <gasps> jump rope and I won the blue ribbon and i learned that day that like if i put my mind to things i can actually do them and i wish that i still remembered that lesson <laughs> i can actually hear the rocky theme song you know the one at the end it was very much yeah, like that you went the distance i went the distance, went the distance. this is and this, look this is really the mary it's the mary Catherine ham story this is how i became me <laughs> your origin story this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> and I still have the picture of dorky little short-haired five-year-old Mary Catherine with my with my giant blue ribbon, like yes, and yes! And, and the and the teeth. Yeah, well, this is pre-teeth actually. Oh, this is five years old, so I was still I was still very cute, but I looked like a cute little boy. <laughs> anyway, Melody, a worthy adversary. If you're out there, what's up? Hope yes. everything's going. Yes. Well, yeah. she pushed me to be my best. That's know? right. That's right. You should do a thing where you have a a, a, a jump rope competition reunion and see how you do <laughs> i'd be really that would stress me out so bad i think you would be fine I you're, would very, be you're very champion fit. if you're melody day fit. came to me and was like rematch i would be a jumper <laughs> champion by next month because <laughs> that's what you know what again much like rocky you just need a month to prepare or something a couple yes. weeks and then get well and and melody there. went on to become a stellar member of the bouncing bulldogs and i don't think i ever went any further than field day dalliances but you know but that was the moment i got my ribbon <laughs> in kindergarten that's okay you got the ribbon do you still have the ribbon probably in a box at my parents house yes <laughs> okay. yeah okay all right good i'll have to pull that out anyway speaking of winning yes let's talk about the upcoming 2024 presidential race oh yes it's upon us we've, ar- we've already started jockeying for position here and a couple a couple stories in the mix this week uh about that now none of these guys could face me in a jump rope competition i know that for sure <laughs> so we've got desantis of florida in the mix we have yunkin of virginia both oh, yeah. republican governors mm-hmm. and then we have a new entrant possibly on the democratic side oh, very exciting we have Governor Gavin Newsom of California, who has released somewhat inexplicably an ad sort of knocking DeSantis and he's running it in Florida. So I'm going to play, let me play the ad. Brace yourself, listeners, brace yourself. It's Independence Day. So let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom, it's under attack in your state. Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote. 
restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Oh, and he's looking all slicked back hair. He's got some rolled up sleeves. He's ready to get out there, Vic. Also, the background, uh, the, is it the vineyards of California? Yeah, he's it, on a vineyard. Know. He's he's probably in that little courtyard at French Laundry again. Yes, exactly. No, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know why he didn't want to film that in the Tenderloin District. I know, San right? Francisco. Right. Wow. Okay. It, you know, it's it's funny. For the longest time, Mary Catherine, I used to ask, and I've asked on the show, and I've asked you, you know, the, all the, the terms that the kids use with the the internet mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. and, and social media and the term gaslighting. And I used to say all the time, I'm not really quite sure what gaslighting is, but I believe I've just been gaslit. Yeah. By this, yeah. Because well, it's the assumption. This is just understood that California is better than Florida, really. And yes. that people are dying to leave Florida and oh, come people to California just wanna, for the taxes. What, what people want to do is they want to move from Florida to California. That's a that's definitely a real life thing that happens. Nope, that's it's, not real. Yeah. In fact, I, I pulled up the handy dandy New York Times as my authority on this for a second straight year. California sees a population decline. That's a May 4th, 2022 story. You can do it by the U-Haul costs as well, which go by supply and demand. To get a U-Haul from California to Florida is prohibitively expensive. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to go from Florida to California because there's not a lot of out-migration from Florida. It's like, yeah, a couple hundred bucks, man. People are leaving, as you just pointed out, people are leaving California in troves. Yes. And the idea that this is some wonderful place that you want to go to, you know, if you want to be a, let's say a small business owner, or you want to feel safe, or I guess, I mean, frankly, if, if you want to steal, you know, something less than $900 and not mm-hmm. be worried about mm-hmm. getting prosecuted for this is your state, right. you know, I mean, but again, with the taxes, the looting, the crime, the homelessness, the drugs, it's galling. that he would put this out. And I don't feel like the people of Florida, generally speaking, feel this way about their state. Otherwise, DeSantis would not be governor. No, and he wouldn't be be gaining (laughs) votes by the day. Yes. And companies would not be moving to Florida and Texas for that. Uh, By the way, a quick check shows that going from California to Orlando is a $3,400 U-Haul. Let's find out the other way. Orlando to San Francisco is a thousand bucks. So it's yep. like three times. There you go. So anyway. Again, do you think it, it, it what is, how do they, how do they quantify the effectiveness of this ad? What's the point? Well, is I it just, guess I think the point is to be like, look at me. He looks, I have, he looks I have nice hair. Yeah. yeah. I have nice hair. I stand in a pretty vineyard. Yeah. I say the right things. And, and, you know, he knows that Democrats are looking for somebody who can put some sentences together because neither the president or the vice president can do so. And, you know, I think I think on on these sort of very shallow check the boxes, he's a governor. He looks the yes. part, blah, blah, governor blah. Governor of the largest state, but not that not right. that it's a swing state. But no, and, it's, but a, and speaking of gaslighting, this is all about freedom. This is the dude who, like, told you you couldn't go to your neighborhood yeah. sushi joint for two years. Like, That's right. This is not. While he was going to French Laundry unmasked indoors and his kids went back to school 
Of course. They went to private school while everybody else in the public school system had to stay home. And by the way, as this ad came out, guess where Governor Newsom was? Oh, boy. He He was was on a family vacation in Montana, which is (laughs) one of the states for which the state of California has prohibited using state funds to travel to because of its alleged anti-LGBTQ. That's right. It's a violation of Title IX a number of dozen of states or so where they will not let people like Aaliyah Thomas right. compete. And so he doesn't want people, well, I'm sure he feels like Californians shouldn't be going to Montana in general. That's just my sense. But of course, well, yeah, he's, not just following his con- he's following his constituents. They're all going to Montana as well. <laughs> probably doing that. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was going to Florida too, like AOC did, but that's right. He, he, he went to Montana and their their reasoning is this was personal, so this doesn't count. Yeah, the problem is that he travels with state security. And, yes, and they won't they won't comment on whether state security obviously was paid with state money to yeah. go on this trip, which would have been prohibited for any government. Correct. Again, the, the hypocrisy yeah. is, is is quite stunning. But do they? You know, I mean. He continues to get away with this. Again, he's done things such as, you know, being in at the French Laundry. And of course, you remember the, I believe it was an NBA playoffs game, or was yeah. it when the, when, when the Lakers won? The same thing with the photos without the mask. Oh, I held my breath. Whoever said that? I can't remember. Another California Democrat said that when mm-hmm. they took off the, the mask. And they just seem to think that none of it applies to them. Well, and this a- is going to Montana and this having security. And, and even if the taxpayers paid for that security, well, you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's personal. It's personal. This is a great quote from his office, just just illustrating the lack of self-awareness yeah. or the just determination, the term determination to gaslight to the extremist degree yes. possible. We are not in the business of regulating where people have family or where they spend their vacation, nor will we persecute them for visiting their family. The press shouldn't either. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This is certainly a turn. Is it yes. not from the yes. past two years? Exactly. Anyway, so he's setting up a fight between himself and DeSantis. DeSantis in Florida. Meanwhile, we have the beginning of this fun news cycle, which we all knew was coming, Vic. Yes, I've been saying this until twenty twenty four. I have been saying this for some time now. What have tell the people what you've been saying, Vic? Take your victory lap. Yes, thank you. You love this. You love to see. No, this is not. You love to see. No, no, no. This is not. It's the opposite. Okay, so for the last two years, I thought you know because of the the threat, shall we say, that Donald Trump has posed to democracy that we've mm-hmm. been told this is the worst thing that is happening to the country and the last four years have been a nightmare and we cannot let this happen again. As you know, as the Washington Post, point, Post points out, uh, democracy dies in darkness. Right. This is all because of him. He is a threat to democracy. Well, what they forgot to mention is he is a threat to democracy until the next Republican yes. candidate. So this is what I've said. I said, you wait. Whoever I said, I don't I don't know who I, I don't know who the candidate's gonna be in 2024, the Republican, but I bet you they will find the left will somehow find a way to say this is the worst, worse than Trump candidate we've ever had. This is you can they're gonna say things, it's gonna start slow. It's gonna be like, you know, say what you will about Donald Trump. I'm not, and he was horrible. He was horrible. but at least to be Trump, sure. To be sure, to be sure. <laughs> but you know, at, at least he, you know, he 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 did represent a lot of working class people and how they felt. Whereas I don't know, Mitt Romney, 
you know, yeah. represents the corporate elitists, you know, and, and corporations are people too, and the binders of women or whatever it is. And I would, I jokingly said, if Mitt Romney was the, the candidate in 2024, they would find somehow some way to say worse than Trump. Now, oh, obviously, yeah. And obviously Romney is not the candidate, but DeSantis is DeSantis the talked be. about front runner. So, and now you, and yet you have this column that just came out. Yeah. So out of the starting gates, we have, we have Max Boot at the Washington Post. DeSantis is smarter than Trump. That may make him more of a threat. Mm -hmm. There you go. Look, conceded. He is smarter than Trump. That is true. He's also more conventional than Trump by a long shot. And he is a person who, because he's smart, knows and actually sort of cares about what the roles of various agencies and, you know, parts of government are. Now you can quibble, as I'm sure our friends on the left will, with his decisions about that, but he is a person who knows what various functions are. Yes. <laughs> and is not just like, I'm here to be president. Blah. He, um, he's also not going to be firing off tweets about how candidates' wives are unattractive or oh, no. coming up with special nicknames. And he's going to say things that may upset you because he has very firm opinions on yeah. policy, but that's what it is. Um, so there's a, there's a quote yeah. in here from one writer on a, in a profile by Dexter Filkins in The New Yorker. Filkins notes that while Trump, with his lazy Barnum-esque persona, yes, projects a fundamental lack of seriousness, DeSantis has an intense work ethic, a formidable intelligence, and a granular understanding of policy. Articulate and fast on his feet, he has been described as Trump with a brain. Now, again, all those things in my experience with DeSantis have been true. I think he's interested in policy. I think he understands the numbers. I think the reason that he came to conclusions on COVID that other states did not is because he was deeply studying those numbers and he had a predisposition toward liberty. I was going to say toward freedom and liberty. As the guiding guiding principle. But the question to boot is, do we really want a smart guy who has these inclinations? No, Uh. because that would be the diabolical. That's the diabolical evil, the, the evil genius. It's, crazy i mean i'm not going to go on about max i i, I know max boot you yes. know i remember editing him at the standard and he used to work at the journal uh, <laughs> we've all but we've all crossed paths we're all, all going our own ways, going folks. In different directions that's right <laughs> but i'll tell you what's amazing because and I, I i don't know why i do this to myself it's masochistic but i go to the comment section oh my goodness because i think to myself there has to be people. There have to be people out there who think, "Okay, come on, this is crazy about worse than Trump." Didn't we just say Trump is the worst and unique the threat? threat to, and now this is what was that? He's yes. a unique threat. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. And and sure enough, the comments are pretty much all of, uh, the same pattern. And I just have a, a couple here. Okay, I, please, please I, share. Quote: My close friend retired to San Antonio to take care of her mom. Two months ago, she said the exact same thing about DeSantis being more dangerous than Trump. Yeah. And then another person says, I felt for some time that DeSantis would probably be worse than Trump because he would accomplish more and not in a good way. So, you know, again, one of these things, we're going to get to 2024 and then the the next columns are going to be, you know, do you remember the good old days, Mary Catherine Catherine, when Republicans were reasonable like Donald Trump? No, it'll be like, remember when Trump used to, he would, he would entertain the idea of bipartisan oh, legislation. Yes. He, used to, he used to pal around with Nancy and Chuck. Yeah, that's uh, right. There's a, there's remember another, those good old days? 
I do want to have this, a beer afterwards. This is a bit of a, you, you love to hear it from Karen Tumulty, also of the Washington Post. Yes. Writing, writing why Glenn Youngkin or someone like him must run in 2024. Now she contrasts him positively with DeSantis, who she clearly thinks is more Trumpian. Right. And I would, I would say that's correct. He is more in that yes. vein of appeal than Youngkin is, who ran in a very purple state. However, I would note that Florida was really pretty purple until DeSantis ran and it's become redder and redder because he's yeah. been there. So Glenn Youngkin is the, you know, certainly more, uh, I would say Romney-esque version yes. of a Republican candidate, but she makes a pretty reasonable argument that, Hey, I want there to be two, two healthy parties to compete against each other. And I think this guy is the more healthy version of what that party looks like. Even though I know a lot of you think that he campaigned as a sunny suburban dad in a zippered vest, but is really a Trump in fleece clothing, which is going to be the argument against him as well. Yeah, as it but, was during his the gubernatorial race. Yes, but I, I want to say, coming in coming in quick with a with a rebuke for Karen Tumulty is Dan Frumkin. Oh boy, sickening to see Karen Tumulty endorse this racist, inciting, anti-abortion liar just because he is quote balancing his Trumpiness rather than going full Trump. You see, it's insidious. It's insidious, yeah. Rick. Yeah. It, it too. There, there's nothing you can do. There's no way you can placate these people. And the Democrats are realizing this. To go back to your earlier point, by the way, it is a very good point about how, you know, Virginia is a purple state, much like they talk about Larry Hogan, Governor Hogan of Maryland. So he's got to be much more moderate Democrat, moderate Republican, and Florida's, you know, it's just a much more red state, but it, it didn't used to be that way. Not and really. he didn't, DeSantis didn't win by a lot. Think about the two, the two states that in 2000 and 2004, they used to talk about, these are the two states that the presidential election will hinge on. And it was Florida and Ohio. Right. Nobody talks about Ohio anymore as a nope. state or as a off the board. State. No, absolutely. And so the question is, can something similar happen in Virginia? But we have a couple of years to see. By, by the way, just as, a, yeah. just as a data point, the 2018 governor's race, DeSantis won by less than a point, half a point. Yeah. So, and now now they're looking at, now I, I don't want to make too sunny predictions, but they're looking at at least, I think, four or five points yeah, of difference. That's right. And they're hoping to hit like nine or 10. It would, would be their hope in Florida. And my, my sense is also that the Democrats are hedging their bets in Florida. They're not spending a lot of money in Florida, certainly with you know ads for the candidate. I could be wrong about that, but that's something I had read earlier. But that's, um, that in yeah. itself is an argument for his effectiveness, that he has yeah. forced them to not spend money there. Yeah. And the people who want to be in Florida, I mean, they're there. You know, People are moving to Florida. People move to South Carolina. This is where they want to be. And they sort of reinforce that. And if you don't like it, you can move to California. To me, that's prefer. it's a real proof is in the pudding thing. And people so often just disregard the fact. I mean, look, California is a stunning state. And there's so much wonderful stuff there. And there's so many reasons to live there. And there are so many reasons not to live there. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. For again. Oh, this um, reminds me yeah. just briefly for California. Did you see the story? Of the elderly couple in San Francisco. Oh, no. Who got charged. They got ticketed $1,500 for parking in their own driveway. What? Okay. 
So they're parking on their, like, they had just a, par- a driveway right in front of their house. Now, of course, for elderly folks or for anybody in San Francisco, but particularly elderly folks who are carrying things into the house. Yes. Parking on the hills of San Francisco, not ideal. On yes, the of course. No. So that house had been there since about 1910, early, early 20th okay. century. And it always had this parking pad in front of it. So they had parked on it for decades. Right. And all of a sudden they get a ticket and they go, there must be something wrong here. So they go to the, go to the authorities and say like, can we appeal this or what? What is this? And they're like, well, no, this is technically the rule. You can't park in front of your house. It's an ordinance meant to cut down on sort of, you know, broken down cars in front of people's houses. Oh, for goodness They said, we've been here for decades. We've done this the whole time. It's, it's really much more convenient for us. And it's also, we own this. (laughs) It's ours. Yes. And they said, okay, well, if you can prove to us that was it was historically used, maybe we can grandfather you in. If it was historically used as a parking space. So we need pictures of it at oh, various periods being oh, used as a parking space. Me. So they found something from the mid-century or so. Uh-huh. They start searching for aerial pictures oh, and time and period pictures no, of no. horse and buggy being parked in front of their house. Oh, That's what they're looking for. Hi. They stumble upon something in, I believe, the 20s. Okay. And they can't, it's very, it's a little blurry because sure. it's an aerial shot, but there are various other dots on the, or sort of fuzzy figures that are clearly vehicles. Yes. And there's one right in front of their house in this spot. So they take it to the authorities again and they say, look, we found it. And they say, this picture is too fuzzy. You have oh. to get. <laughs> and these, these are the people who, who, who work for the city government that I believe no longer is allowed to use the word chief. Right. No, That's this, what they're. So this, this is, is their attention. Their attentions are focused. Yes. On all of these things versus versus like the you, looting. By the way, you could just walk into a department store and grab whatever you want in San Francisco. But yeah. This. Yeah. Again, as long as it's under a certain amount, you could get some very expensive stuff, very expensive handbags if you want to. And nobody's going to prosecute no, you for it that. Was, and you can use the bathroom on the sidewalk. So it, oh. it is truly an unreal story and just such Ridiculous. a perfect illustration of yeah. the. Yeah. Lack to, of priorities. Come to California. It's great. It's fantastic. Come live here. Anyway. All right. I Oh, I want to talk about a little, little segment we call uncanceled. Uncanceled. Oh, yes. So was there, Bette Midler. Was there just a sound effect for that? And there should be. Yeah, that's me. Every time you say that, they should have. Bette, Bette Midler and Macy Gray. Uh, Bette Midler, I'm sure you guys know, obviously she's a an icon uh, and a singer, Macy Gray, uh, a singer as well. Macy Gray was speaking on Piers Morgan's show. Uh, already, already, that's already suspect. If you're on, yeah, the look, left. she got, she went on the show, and here, here's what she had to say about women. He, she was asked by Piers Morgan, "What would you say if I asked you what's a woman?" And I, I will say this, and everybody's gonna hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. You feel that. I know that for a fact. Piers Morgan, uncensored. She she went on and said several other things. Wait, this is something that if you were to say this, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, would have been chalked up to common sense and obvious. Yes, but now it is yeah. verboten. So she said that. I'm going to tell you what Bette Midler tweeted this. Women of the world, we are being stripped of our rights over our bodies, our lives, and even of our name. They don't call us women anymore. They call us birthing people or menstruators or even people with vaginas. Don't let them erase you. Every human on earth owes you. Okay. So the who, interesting who they? Thing, who they? Well, yeah. And every I think you said vague. Like I that maybe you you assumed yes. that 
perhaps they had mixed up who they were attacking and didn't realize that it was the forces of the left who sort of enforced this kind of language policing and that they would change their minds. Neither one of them has apologized. It's been several days and they have doubled and tripled down and said, look, I'm not excluding anybody. I'm talking about this issue and I'm talking about women and I'm not going to shut up. The, so when this first appeared, I, I saw this on social media, on, on, on Twitter, the person who had tweeted out was poking fun at Bette Miller saying, oh, look at her. She thinks she's going after the right when she said this and she got, you know, she's clearly all mixed up, but it's become clear that she is not mixed up at all and that she is, she's intentional about all this and that she means it. And as you said, she's not backing down. No, and Macy, uh, Gray's, Macy yeah. Gray's energy has just been like, y'all are freaking out because you hear one thing you disagree with. Get on, move on, move along, move along. We are there they're in the We are witnessing a mid mugging by reality. OK, they're in the middle of it. They haven't realized it yet, but they're in the middle of the mugging by reality. And look, I mean, they have J.K. Rowling on their side. So if they want to go full J.K., they can do that. Well, and I think it's important that and again, they can. I mean, they have the clout. Yes, exactly. When somebody you have, else would be canceled. Yeah. When you have power, you can speak up like this. Yes. And I was actually a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember if I mentioned it on the show, but on the anniversary of Title IX, I did an event with Independent Women's Forum where we had a lot of women athletes come out and yes, speak about right. the issue of trans women in sports and that that's and the unfairness of that. And there has some dam has broken because mm -hmm. putting your name on that kind of message two years ago was very, very, very scary and difficult. Mm -hmm. And enough people have spoken out and said, hey, I don't know if this really makes sense Yeah, that now a lot more people feel brave about doing it. And I'm, I'm happy to align with people I don't usually align with when they're speaking some common sense about, Hey, I just like birthing people doesn't work for me. Like that, it's, that's not who I am. Did you ever think you'd find some common ground with Bette Midler? Honestly, it's I didn't, but you know what? <laughs> uh, actually, Wesley Yang made a good point tweeting. He said, he said, I wonder if, cause there is a little underground among gays and lesbians in their communities about this issue sort of along the lines of Chappelle's show where he says, sure. where he says the T's are getting a lot of, a lot of the attention yeah. and, and taking over this fight that the, that the L's and the G's have been fighting for a long time. <laughs> and he made the point that maybe Bette Midler is, is quite in touch with her gay male audience and understands. Sure. Absolutely. And has heard a little bit more speak. about where they are on this. Yeah, that's right. And again, we've mentioned on a previous episode, for example, the great Abigail Schreier, and she talks yes. about her gay and lesbian friends who, who feel quite strongly about their concern about the, the trans movement. And for example, lesbians who do not feel comfortable anymore in lesbian bars because there are men who identify as women, right. they're insisting to be there. As somebody tweeted, some viral tweet the other day was like, just think of it as like using a nickname and you're included in that nickname. If you're a woman, it's just birthing people. And I'm like, and that's just what they prefer to be called. And yeah. like, well, what about what I prefer to be called? No, yeah, your problem because, is, you know, your problem, you have a problem with inclusion yeah, because I'm only a, adding to it. I you know? have a nickname too. It is woman. How do we use that? And that's my, that's my issue is like changing the entire structure of the language, Yeah. not addressing individual people, which is actually something Macy Grace said. She's like, look, if you want to be called her, I'll use, I'll use the thing. But like, that's not the whole picture. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well now we must transition to something sad. So to speak. Sorry. Gosh, <laughs> Terry. Yeah, no. Don't don't get me canceled, Vic. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Too late. Sad news from the Fourth of July. 
which I know oh, everybody has yeah. heard by now, but the Highland Park shooting, which which left seven dead mm-hmm. and many injured. It was a rooftop situation during a parade through town. The suspect, whose name I'm not going to use, was a young man who it looks like, unfortunately, his father assisted in getting his weapon. That's insane. After some point at which he had made violent threats and had the police visit him and had his knives confiscated. Now, Illinois has a red flag law of some kind. It clearly either was not used in this situation or acted upon, or it was limiting in a different way. That's right. I'm not sure. But Again, this is a situation that is like incredibly sad. And I do want to, This it's almost too sad for me to even think about, but the toddler who was found after this event. Oh, I know. And Who's... they, someone tweeted about it and they're trying to reunite him with his family. It turns out his parents were both killed. Oh my gosh. It's so incredibly devastating. They have, they do have a GoFundMe that's been over a million dollars for yeah. this kid. He's with his grandparents, but just the worst, yeah, worst news. And again, I do not think there's a simple way to solve this problem. No, that's the thing. I mean, it is sadly terribly complicated because Illinois already has some of the strictest gun laws in the country and red flag laws in the country. But that that didn't stop him from doing this because even after he posed a threat to his family and the police got involved. So, I mean, they have a record of this, that there was a, that he's had his run-ins with the law. After that, the father decides to endorse- that's the shocking is part getting a me. firearm. That's crazy. And I'm not, a, I mean, you know, I don't know of the, the liability aspect of this about, uh, you know, how much is the father or the parents liable for the actions of their son. But if you do this, I know on a personal level that it, this is, this is terrible. And that he, oh. you know, he is, but it is his fault for, yes. for, for doing this. So, you know, again, when it's also the shooter's fault, obviously, but that's been terrible. And the reactions have also been, there have been some idiotic reactions to this. Oh, of course, always. And I, and I strive not to worsen the situation with those. I do, I do want to give the others a, a slightly, slightly better news out of Richmond, Virginia. Oh. Tragic that it has to happen at all, but a tipster whom officials are calling a hero may have prevented a mass shooting at a July 4th event in Richmond, Virginia. The caller told police about overhearing plans for a mass shooting at a holiday celebration at the city's Dogwood Dell Amphitheater. The tip led to the arrest of two men who police said were found with assault rifles, a handgun, and 223 rounds of ammunition, law enforcement officials said Wednesday. So they say that one phone call saved Mm -hmm. numerous lives on the 4th of July. Thank God for that. With the Highland Park shooter, so the problem is, as I understand it, is, you know, these... um, not red flags, obviously, in the, in the strict sense of it, but you know these alerts have gone up in, in, in terms of this person's behavior, right? I mean, the police had visited right. the home, so there is this known thing. Except for, for the for pro- explicit threats, yeah. it wasn't really a. That's right. The but the problem is that none of these agencies and organizations are really that well connected. So just because it, you know it sets off uh, an alarm in one place doesn't mean that it sets it off in another place. So oftentimes, you know. The gun seller might not know just because that, you know, the visit the police visited him that, that, you know, they should be wary of giving this kid a gun whose father says, oh yes, I support this. Well, and this is, this is one of those things too, where the fix Nick's bill that was passed and the, the, the bill that was passed post Virginia tech, which was meant to connect 
more of these sort of mental health right. flags and information with the national database. That's right. I think a fair amount could be gained by actually making sure those systems work. Government yeah. is not, they're yeah. not good at doing those things. They're not going to, I, I still have similar liberties concerns about these things, but at least sure. making sure that the especially for, enacted, especially for our veterans, right. Yeah. Things you've enacted actually happen That's would right. be good. And as predicted, Vic, the formerly historic gun bill that was passed, what, a week and a half ago? Right. It's like it doesn't even exist. No. And people have forgotten that. And and, and the other thing, of course, is the shooter's social media Oof. was way out of control. I mean, it was very clear he was planning on doing these things. So again, there needs to be more some sort of coordination between people who monitor that and their, those concerns on social media with law enforcement and, and gun sellers and everybody else in between. Because, I mean, it was out there. People do. He had a lot of followers. So- <laughs> And in New York, in New York, they're trying to explicitly make it easier by they've they've passed a new law in New York yeah. State post Bruin decision out of the Supreme Court that will definitely not be constitutional. And the argument from them is that okay, for our law to get a to get a concealed carrier handgun, you need to turn over your social media sites to wow. us. And we, we will be vetting not just the Second Amendment but the First Amendment again. This is why this is so tricky because you are entitled to these things yeah. as an American yeah. and regulating them becomes very tricky That's and it's not going to fly. No, that New York law is not. It's a mess. Fly. It's a mess. All right. You know what else is a mess? Somebody, Last thing. Somebody's approval numbers. No. The Biden, the Biden <laughs> approval numbers. Woof. Woof. And it, it's, it's actually partly because of, you know, the news cycle does feel what's the word I'm looking for. It's like upheaval. Like there's yes. a lot of, there's just no, a lot of stories. It's just every week there's awfulness. Yes. So. And the. Except for on this the, podcast. Right. We try to put a nice positive. You know what? Some, sometimes we, sometimes we try less and sometimes we try more. And I, sometimes I think that our motto should be try less. <laughs> right. Those are good shows. Right, right, right. Okay. How about this president? So there's a sense from many and even many Democrats that the, that the president isn't particularly proactive or getting a lot done in the face of all this news. Yeah. So he's got in the civics poll oh. hits a new low of 30%. No, that's now that is that's, lower that's, than yes. many of the other polls showing, but that, <laughs> woo! you know, because the real clear politics average is now below 40%. And I have been yes. watching that for some time because that takes in a bunch of other polls that some of them have more generous numbers for, for Biden, some of them a few weeks ago as high as, you know, 44, 45%, but it's clearly not the case now since the real clear average has them at about 39 or 38. And that's pretty grim. Monmouth University poll also very low. Well, and the, and the, the trend line that's problematic for him is, as I was mentioning, it's because his approval rating is dropping steeply among Democrats, which yeah. obviously for November is not something you want and, to see and, because it makes yeah. people less excited to vote. And you're getting that sense that the Democrats are ready to dump him on, on the, on the more. Inter, inter Gavin Newsom. Right? Yes. Inter Gavin ads. Newsom. That's right. Doing a national ad. Why? We have a president who's. I guess it's technically a Florida, it's a Florida ad, but it's also a national ad because he just exactly. wants the media to cover it. So. That's right. Which they, which they did. We did. Yeah. But the other thing is on the ground level. So Biden was just in Ohio, for example, right. To shore up support among unions and such. And Tim Ryan, who is the Democratic candidate for Senate, he 
did not show up at the Biden yep. rally, right? Yep. The Democrat from Ohio, who is head of the Congressional Black Caucus, she was busy at the time. And I think they were, Tim Ryan said he was, I think, rearranging his sock drawer. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> he had but, some stuff going on. It yeah, he important. had to do something. Yeah, yeah. So they're all busy. And that's not a good sign. And the second indicator, of course, is all these stories in the mainstream media that are now talking about Democrats, sources, Democratic sources, people who want to speak on the condition of anonymity, who are saying, yeah, we, we wish he would not run yeah. and we need somebody who is stronger. Yeah. And that's a bad sign for them. Yeah, we're, we're two years out, guys. Yeah. By the way, I just want to highlight the, the background, the backdrop for Biden in Ohio says... I just think it's so weird. Jobs, union, jobs, period, unions, period, retirement savings, period. That's a hell of a slogan, guys. I don't even know what's happening. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? No, it could be a couple of verbs. And at least they didn't misspell Louisiana like they did for Kamala's backdrop in Louisiana. Oh, oh Louisiana? Yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. Louisiana. Louisiana. Well, that's how they pronounce it. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So with, you know, Biden, Biden is in a bind because those numbers are not going to go up. Now, no. this is already after the Supreme Court's controversial decisions, right? And they're all supposed to be fired up about that. And nothing is happening. His numbers are, are he's still wallowing. And the solutions for him, the advice that the people to the left of Biden are giving him, it's not great advice if you want to win over people in the right. middle that take the gloves off yeah, you no, know it's just codify, like, codify row get fight, rid of the fight, fight. and look I, i'll just make fun yeah. of everybody and yeah call yeah. call acosta a jerk you know it's like okay yeah. well that gives some people a thrill yeah. but it doesn't actually do much no and that's that's the extent of the advice he's yeah. getting i do think i do think if he had had a few things to announce upon the overturning of row that were just like on the margins, mm -hmm. things we could do at a federal level to make this mm -hmm. smoother for some people. Even if it wasn't much, if he had just had a plan for announcing something, I think people would have been less mad, but they had a six week lead. Yeah. And then they were like, blur. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure what they were doing in that time. No, no. Uh, and I love to be a fly on the wall. Think did, you hear, did you see this, the reporting that their main aide on this subject was out walking to get coffee when the decision dropped because they had been assured by White House counsel that it was not coming on that wow. day. Wow. Not very good sources there. No. Not very good connections to the Supreme Court. Okay. I have a special call out to uh, another a listener, Allison Pirro, who enjoys listening to us way up in Westchester County, New York. Nice. Way up there. And I understand her husband was familiar with me through my other podcast is subbeacon in my more bluer material. So they were quite surprised to hear me on the show. It's sort of like Red Fox. Yes. Or like Buddy Hackett. You know, there's the stand-up side and the, the sitcom side. Two very different. Yeah. You're this is the Danny Tanner version oh, yes, of Bob right. Saget. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you do not want to see any of those people on stand-up. It's shocking. But she said they say her son told me that they make a that we she thinks we make a good match because you on the other hand are so wholesome. Oh, thanks. So well, go. I also have a red fox side, but it's a few drinks. She just needs <laughs> yeah. a few drinks. It's folks. not usually on tape. No. Anyway, so. thank you for listening. And that can wrap up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thank you for being with us, guys. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>